Legends, Folklore, and History of New England, a podcast for kids, by kids. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Molly. And I'm Bridget. And that's the show for today. See you next week. Wait, what? April Fools! Ugh, you're such a dork. Moving along. Today we are going to talk about a haunted house in Harrisville, Rhode Island that was actually the basis of a movie. We are just going to say we haven't seen the movie because it's rated R and scary and our parents won't let us watch horror movies. But we have heard about the story on different ghost hunting shows and, you know, just living in Rhode Island. It's a really small state, so everyone knows everything about everyone else. Yeah. So Harrisville is a tiny little town on the northwestern corner of Rhode Island, about 30 minutes from Providence. It's pretty quiet except for this crazy story about an old farmhouse, sometimes called The Conjuring House, because of the movie that came out a few years ago. Nowadays, you can tour the house. They stopped tours because of COVID, but it looks like they might start back up this spring. But it used to be owned by regular families. So the house is old, super old. It was built in 1736, so even by Rhode Island standards, where most houses are old, this one is super duper old. It was originally built by the Arnold family, and seven generations of the family lived and died on the land and in the house. In 1970, the house was bought by the Perrin family, who moved in with their five daughters. Shortly after moving in, the family started having some super weird experiences, which continued until they moved out 10 years later. Why did they stay so long in a haunted house, you ask? Well, they spent all their money to buy the house and couldn't afford to move out. Ugh, can you imagine? No way. But based on some of the haunted shows we watch, it seems to be a common problem. Anyway, the woman who bought the house from them never had any of the scary things happen to her. Although, she did hear noises and see lights. She found all the trespassers looking at the house after the movie came out way more problematic. The Perrin family never had any spooky experiences after they moved out. But the house was sold after the movie came out to a pair of paranormal investigators who still own it today, and they say stuff is still happening. Well, I mean, they give tours and rent it out, so... Okay, let's start with the Arnolds. There were some tragic deaths of family members during the seven generations they lived there. First was in 1866 when Mrs. Susan Arnold tragically took her own life. Then in the early 1900s, two men froze to death on the farmland just a few hundred feet from the farmhouse. The last is of Bathsheba Sherman, who lived on the property in the 1800s. She is the one that gets the most attention. There are rumors that she was a witch and had killed a baby in a satanic ritual, but really there was no proof and she was never convicted of the crime. So, like most houses built in the 1700s, people died, sometimes tragically in them. I mean, they didn't have inside toilets or vaccines or penicillins, so odds of dying young were pretty high. Not totally unusual, but they make for good stories when weird things start happening. So back to the parents. Like we said, the mom, dad, and five daughters moved in. Then they say unusual things started happening. Seriously, the minute they moved in. 
The first experience was the day they were moving in, and one daughter, Andrea, saw a figure of a man standing behind the gentleman they purchased the house from. Then the man disappeared. And that was daytime! The first week they were in the house, Cindy, the youngest, was woken up in the middle of the night when she heard whispers all over her room, coming from every direction. I would scream and never sleep again. And these people stayed there for ten years. That's a hard nope. Well, Cindy told her sister Andrea that the voices were saying the same thing. There are seven dead soldiers buried in the walls. Just so we are clear, there is no evidence of that, and during remodels, no bodies have ever been found. But hearing voices is spooky on its own. The activity was also helpful at first. When the mom would be near the kitchen, she would hear the broom sweeping the floor. Imagine how happy mom would be if a ghost swept the floor. Or if we did. (laughs) So she would check on the broom, and it would be leaning on the wall. Then she would leave the room, hear the sound, check again, and the broom would have moved across the kitchen to lean on the other wall. That's a helpful ghost. I'm okay with that. There was also a female apparition that would appear to the dad and sometimes just talk to him. The kids' beds would supposedly shake at the same time every morning, 5.15 a.m., and there would be super bad smells throughout the house, like rotting flesh. Are we sure there aren't people in the walls? Are we sure these people didn't have carbon monoxide poisoning or something? They swear up and down all this happened. And in 1973, Dad contacted a pair of paranormal investigators to see what was happening in the house as things started to get worse. Objects would fly across the room and smash. At one point, a needle flew across the room and pierced the mom's leg. So Ed and Lorraine Warren showed up and decided to do a seance and contact whoever's in the house. During the seance, the mom was thrown from her seat across the room and hit a wall. Lorraine Warren named the evil spirit Bathsheba and said it was the spirit of a witch who lived in the house before. But remember, there's no evidence Bathsheba is a witch. But if the mom got thrown across the room, they definitely unleashed something very, very not good. Then Andrea started to hear chattering in the house again. And the mom walked into their dining room one evening to find an entire ghost family sitting down eating a ghostly dinner. They turned to acknowledge her and vanished. Nope. Just nope. There cannot be ghost people eating at the dining room table. When they finally moved out in 1980, they never had another paranormal experience. Today's owners hear footsteps and knocks, doors opening, disembodied voices, and have had some cool spare box and EVP sessions. And like we said, the house is open for investigations, both overnight and daytime, but are paused right now due to COVID. So that's the story of The Conjuring House. And again, if you are a kid, get your parents' permission if you are going to watch the movie, because it's rated R and scary. And our parents were a firm no to that. Check out our website for more information at www.lfhne.com, and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen to us. Plus, we have a contest going on right now to see if we can get listeners in all 50 states. Check out our Instagram or Facebook pages for details.
And if you have a story you want to share, we would love to read it on an upcoming episode. Email us at contact at lfhne.com or DM us on Instagram or Facebook. See you next week, and remember, history is fun and sometimes a little spooky. There were rumors that she was a witch and had killed a baby in a satanic witch ritual. (laughs) That's a hard nope. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Lorraine Warren named the evil spirit Bethsheba. Bethsheba. Lorraine Warren named the evil spirit Shirit. (sighs) Ah. <sighs>